Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. What's up, Fungal Associates? Welcome to Completely Arbitrary, the podcast about trees and other related topics. Succession. Mm. I am one of your hosts. My name is Alex Croson, a.k.a. Logan Roy. And I'm here, as always, with Mr. Conifer Roy. Hello, Pops. A.k.a. KC Clap. Good to see you, Alex. Good to see you. Your uh, your vote means a lot to me. <laughs> so you know, uh, when you first uh, you you I we 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 did a, a second take right before we came in. Yeah. Your first take though, mm-hmm. when you said "What's up?" Yeah. You sounded like uh, I think it's uh, Tom Jones in the song "What's Up, Pussycat." <laughs> What's ah, up, associates? Yeah. You, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, that's it. You got the crooner voice, man. <laughs> yeah, you sounded just like it. And uh, just oh. with the, the like high, like, what's? Like oh, that. I see. Except he's lower. What's? What? I don't know. It I, I'm really tempted good. to keep it now, Case. You should, but I don't know if you can. We'll see We'll see if uh, your editing magic will work. I think my editing magic may lean toward just cutting it out entirely. <laughs> <laughs> These things happen. Editing magic does its thing. Yeah, it's only it's only magic because I use the wand, as yeah, they say. You do, you do, the magic wand. No, it's Photoshop, isn't it? No, uh, it's actually my magic mouse of my Mac. Ah, yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh, by the way, in case they need some advertising, uh, get their name out there a little bit. We're now both using Macs. That's right. The uh, The days of Casey's Windows laptop are done. Yeah, poor thing. And Died. the rise of his new MacBook Air. I just, I'm not convinced yet, Alex. We were talking about it before we started. Yeah. Uh, for those of you out there in the world who are like diehards one way or the other, you'll know how I feel. <laughs> I was a diehard PC. Still am. I yeah. think I think I still am. I think I will I will keep that. It's like when I worked for the city of Portland, they gave us an iPhone as our, our user phone. So yeah. learn how to do it. You know, there's some cool features, you know, it took better pictures. I will certainly give it that. Mm-hmm. But when I was done and I went home and I used my normal <laughs> Android powered phone yeah. is so much happier. It's I like just taking off it. your stiff jeans and putting on your sweatpants. Yeah, it's like I know how to wear a pair of stiff jeans, but <laughs> yeah, I'm going to put on these other things. I also got a new pair of sweatpants. I went to REI and they were on, they were, they were on a thing. Yeah, became a whole new person, you know. <laughs> yes, I did. I got I got yeah. I got a Mac. It is it is one of the many changes, Alex, that's come down in my life recently. Yes, case. So, this is uh I'm feeling good about it. Um, I, I think I may be more yeah. excited about your new MacBook than you are. I think you are. I yeah. think you are. Yeah, which is fine. That's okay. I mean, uh, who who wouldn't be? I, I I'm not like a. 
I'm not going to stand for Apple, but I really mm. like my MacBook. Yeah, and you're like, that's fair. You are, you did, you transitioned because you also used to be PC. That's right. And then you transitioned and you were like a fish in water. It's like you, yes. you went from uh, like a lake to like the ocean and you're like, oh my God, I love the ocean. This is so much better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just really don't. stretch my fins. Yeah, you really do. You're stretching your fins. Yeah, it's really good. Well, Casey, welcome to your new life as an Apple user. Thank you, Alex. Um, MacBook, are, are, you must feel like you're f- uh, floating on MacBook Air. Oh, wow. Thank you for that. That was good. That was real good. Thanks. Well, yeah, well, I, I kind of alluded to it earlier, but I wanted to bring up, uh, because this is what our podcast does, we often bring up all sorts of things, and as you say, we, uh, what, what, is the, what is your term? Oh, my God. Uh, mm. uh, you shine put a, a light yes, on things. Yes, shine a light on it. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Well, recently, I've had some uh, some personal turmoil, personal yeah. turmoil. That's hard to say. Um, and uh, not that I am a public figure by any regard. Um, while doing this podcast, I have learned, which I think you've also learned because you've had um, different big traumatic things when Solo died, for example. Yeah. And it struck me that what we're doing is a, a creative thing. You know, when you're being creative, you're having fun, you're enjoying it, you are, you know, you're doing something you love and you're putting your kind of your, your creative side out there. Yeah. But if you are in a mental place that is, uh, preoccupying the rest of your world. It's very challenging to like kind of put those feelings aside and be like, okay, now be funny and creative and enjoyable and come up with some interesting story and present it. Um, yet I've been trying to do that over the last probably about four months now, mm. um, which I've been doing well, but it has been a uh, essentially a, a long time of a relationship, uh, my relationship with my partner just kind of crumbled. So I am not one to, to be a, to have like a, you know, a public breakup or something like that. But with my work, I thought it would be uh, an important thing to address in that if, uh, I don't know if anyone's been able to hear it, I don't know if you've heard it, but I did want to just kind of note that like going through this kind of intense, it's a very, very, you know, thorough personal change from me being on trajectory A in life to having that come to a screeching, you know, unpredictable and un, uh, uh, unforeseen stop and then transition to something else really quickly. Yeah. Um, it was like, ah, oh my gosh. Okay, cool. I got to get up and do this other thing. And not to mention, I just took a, a two week trip. So we tried to get way ahead. So we were kind of doing double time half this time. Yeah. So it was a whole bunch of things. And I, I just had to like kind of knuckle down and, and, you know, do the work that needed to be done. But I, I have to say, Alex, I've never had that, that kind, kind of dissonance with my, my personal life and, you know, my emotional life being in such a ruckus while still needing to use this creative brain power. The last time something like this happened, I worked for the city. All I had to do was just punch the clock and right. do do the things. I didn't have to be creative. I just had to mark things down and, you know, follow the rules, right? Yeah. So in this, when you're doing everything yourself, all of a sudden it's like, man, the burden is, it felt a little a little heavier, a little deeper, you know? Yeah, Case, there is this there's this strange I, I thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I, I I have known what's going on. Yes, and no, you, that's true. You've kept me in the loop, but I think it's very courageous and uh cool of you to share it with our Thank you. Fungal associates and anyone listening. Um 
Yeah, because I'm sure everyone else has had, you know, things like this. You know, we've obviously talked about mental health on on the the podcast quite a bit, a lot. Yeah. And so that's actually one thing that a lot of people have brought up. And they said, hey, we really love that you guys like talk about these things, especially as two cis white males uh, being able to say, yeah, sometimes, man, I cried myself to sleep a bunch last month. Mm. You know, like these things like, you know, it's important to to bring up. And it's, you know, it's one of the je ne sais quoi of our uh of our podcast yeah so i i I admire you for talking about it because there's this weird dichotomous thing where if you know we are you and i are human Mm -hmm. turns out uh we're both emotional people yes um we don't shy away from you know talking about our troubles Mm -hmm. both Mm -hmm. mentally or like you know something physical or yeah um, and I think when you are a, and I'm putting this in very loose terms, quote, public figure. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> we are, we are like a very small subsect, Wait, right? What's that? So, sorry, Alex, I got to stop you. There's paparazzi at the door again. <laughs> Jesus. They Let just, them in. They just keep banging on the door. I'm not letting them in. I'm not getting up. Oh, I love the grind. <laughs> um, you know, I think, I think there are people, or certainly I feel this way, that there are people who expect us to be on all the time, yeah. you know, um, don't don't do this. Don't do this. You should be doing more of this. Uh, you should uh-huh. be acting more this way or don't act this way. Uh, but, you know, ultimately all art is made by artists. Yeah, that's fair. And all artists go through turmoil. Right. I, um, I think there's also like an expectation with, uh, you know, capitalism and productivity. Not yeah. that we're, you know, capitalists. I think in, in a regard we are, but one must live in one world. Um, but it's also more of a, um, a situation where it's like, hey, okay, buddy, I'm sorry you're having a hard day, but you need to get that report in. You know, right. and it's kind of like, yes, I do. I feel that. And now the pressure is on me by myself, you know, by us, by what we've done. But yeah, there is an expectation of like um, continuation at all costs, mm-hmm. and uh, and we did that. But the two weeks off to go do this bike trip yeah. was really, really needed for me. So I was yeah. like, I need to keep my nose to the grindstone so that I can then kind of just take a breath for a while. Yeah, we're in a unique position—not super unique, but it is a somewhat unique among artists that our art is on a schedule and we have to put it out every week. Yeah. Right. Uh, we can't say I'm taking a break from, uh, make, I'm taking a break from painting this, this week. Yes. I have a, I have a full-time job over here, which will sustain me. Like this is our job. Or we have as much money where we can say, Hey, we're going to take a month off. Uh, we'll be back later. Yeah. We we can't really do that. Yeah. So I want to reiterate, like as your podcast partner and your friend, thank you. All that I require of you is for you to just honor yourself. Oh, thanks, And Alex. honor your feelings. And if that means calling me last minute and saying, hey, I, we, we've done this plenty. Oh, yeah. We'll say, hey, I am not feeling up to working today. Yeah. Um, it all, it all, it always gets done, you know? It does. It always gets done. And sometimes it's very hard, but it is nice to have someone who is supportive on the other side being yeah. like, Hey, I got the, I got the extra slack this week. Let's, let's just make this happen. Yeah. We both so, have that. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I, I, I know many times where you're like, I'm really struggling. It's like, you just take the week off. Let's get this. Let's, let's get back at it next yeah, week. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's nice. It's rough. I'm getting through it. I'm um, I I think at this point it's been enough time. I'm I'm feeling quite through it. But it has been a I describe it as a, a slow band aid rip off, <laughs> where like you, you mm. start it and you're like, okay, this isn't that bad. This isn't that bad. Then at some point the whole thing comes off and you're like, oh man. And then you 
everything kind of comes out. Yeah, you've done so, a lot of you've done a lot of emotional work, and it's uh, you know you to me are someone I've always perceived as like very resilient and happy go lucky and optimistic, you. mm. and you've maybe like had a hard time with that lately yeah. oh definitely yeah um, this wh- my dark side comes out a yeah. lot uh in in these kinds of moments which i have i have a very dark side but at least your dark side isn't harmful to others <laughs> no, you know? no no it's just me looking and being like uh go fuck yourself <laughs> like, very quietly you know yeah. yeah that's about it yeah well i wanted to say you said you know i don't know if you've noticed or if anybody's noticed um i i hope that uh I hope that you know that the tonality of any of this doesn't mm. matter. No, thank you. What only matters is that you're you're feeling safe and 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 happy and like you have yeah. the support you need. Well, thank you, Alex. If if you're a little down tempo for a few episodes, who gives a shit? Yeah, I I very much appreciate it, and I have felt very much support through all of my networks, my friends, my family, you, the yeah. the the rest of the world. Um, but yeah, I usually am also a very private person. I tend to to keep things uh, keep things low and slow. And uh, having having to move through it, I take my time, and it really really put a lot of brain power into a lot of things, which usually ends up being writing power yeah. with a pen. Yeah. And uh, so those things all, you know, they've come, they've helped, and I'm I'm feeling way better. I got a new computer. That was one of the <laughs> things. And like, you know, when one of these things kinds of happens, and you look around, you're like, man, everything is the same but different. Yeah. It's nice to also get real different things in and like change some small things yeah, it's like man. you know what i'm gonna th- i'm gonna throw a couple hundred dollars at just like you know i'm gonna get a new pair of sweatpants i'm gonna get a new pair of this i'm gonna get in i'm gonna get that that little thing i wanted to splurge on i'm gonna do that hell like, yeah man kind of up up yourself so i kind of did it like these pants also new pants Beautiful that i got pants. feeling good well casey uh thank you for sharing thank you for listening alex uh as always yeah thank you out there for listening as well yes just uh hairpin turn well into this week's tree exactly now see i thought about this i Alex. really i really i really stumped but you have a, maybe a transition in mind casey yeah what i really uh wanted you to do <clears throat> or want I, I think i feel like the the log and roy character needs yeah. to do it where you just like have to say shut the fuck up <laughs> we got business to do in one episode like so, there might be a little bit of a spoiler shiv like solves a big thing yeah and really is looking for a pat on the back yeah and Lo- logan roy like looks back at his assistant he's like hey can, can we get shiv a medal would you and then just <laughs> look straight ahead and everyone just kind of laughs except for shiv so you're like that's what you do like you know in case i'm gonna get you a medal when we're done with succession. no i, I can't <laughs> even make that joke Casey. i know but it's uh it's the right joke to make this week this week we are entering the final phase i would say the long maybe potentially the longest phase of succession yeah i think that's i think that's an accurate statement this potentially. is potentially this is late succession. That's right. Where the budding saplings of yesteryear mm-hmm. become the giants of the old growth forest. That's right. And we are taking a look at this phase through the eyes of the yellow carabine, a tree that is so mysterious, its <laughs> Wikipedia page is two sentences. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, go ahead, look it up, everyone. Slonia Wolsey. Wow. Yeah, but uh, if you don't look it up, we will give you all the information right here. This may be our most comprehensive episode ever. You think so? Because there's so little information. <laughs> so we're, we're presenting it all. Yes. <laughs> 
and we will present it right after a short break. We'll be right back with more completely arbitrary succession. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary Late Succession, the final episode of our Succession series. Casey, I think it's been hmm, quite a triumph. I think it has been. It feels it feels good. Mostly, I just loved our photo shoot. <laughs> Me too, bud. I know. We didn't bring it up, you guys, but we <laughs> you might have noticed. This is the first time yeah. we, we've ever done a photo shoot. It was uh, uh what it was it was more convenient, I think, at the time. We were like, we want to do this. Um, this would be a lot of fun. And then you ended up finding Taylor Pendleton. Yes. Who's moving. So Taylor was like, hey, uh, quick things. If anyone just wants some studio time, I'm wide open for like the next week or two. Yeah. And was just doing like an hour at a time. Yeah. And she took us in and took us, took us under her arms, her large, <laughs> expansive wings, and said, Come, 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 I will take you into the studio yeah it was pretty fun it was I, so I, much fun it was a little nerve-wracking for me you t you speaking of taking like a fish to water you were a natural i'd never done a photo shoot like that before i had no idea that you thought that yeah you were great you had a good time oh, man, you were very fun. uh you were very like charismatic I felt extremely awkward for most of it. I thought the exact opposite. I thought you also did uh, took to it very well but yes we uh, go look at those on our instagram at arbitrary pod hey case so much fun Let's imagine, as we do every episode, yes. that you and I are walking through the bush of Australia. That sounds perfect. And I guess saying the bush of Australia is very broad, and I'm sure there's like a million different bushes. Uh, yeah, I suppose there is. Different wildernesses. Ah, uh, this is the subtropical eastern bush. That's perfect. <laughs> and we come across... <sighs> the bush i want to find all right <laughs> take it easy you anyway <laughs> and we come across some yellow carabine i don't know what to expect uh, let's id this tree oh let's do it okay so the first thing that you're of course going to notice is when you walk up to this tree mm -hmm. it is a huge huge big old tree really with giant buttressing roots 
Hell yeah. This is, I think, one of my favorite my favorite things about this tree because there's a, you know, like when you picture and you think of like tropical trees, like I don't know what you picture in your brain, but I think of like the trees that David Attenborough talks about when he goes down into the tropics and is swatting flies away and like mm. doing his David thing. Then you see like this old growth, like giant tree with these buttressing bases, like yeah. the roots start at the ground, like 30 feet apart and then like have this big like straps of like a flying buttress from a, an old cathedral or something. Wow. Like I, that's just, I just imagine this huge, big Goliath thing with these massive curtains coming down. Yeah, I imagine like a banyan, which is what basically what you described. Yeah, right. And <laughs> and the thing with the banyan is that they send down these aerial roots, so mm-hmm. they like create this weird like complex. Yeah. Whereas uh, at the very base, like the first OG uh, uh, stem, it develops these like really strappy buttresses at the at the base as well. And then the uh, the new ones do the same thing. So you get like this complex like what is what is it all the same thing? Are these like yeah. sixteen thousand different things? The complications of them are just beyond measure. But this tree, to me, is a quintessential old growth, giant growing tropical tree. You know, it's funny is I, I basically only know about old growth in the context of like a temperate forest. Yeah, right. I've never thought about it as a as a tropical forest thing or That's, a jungle. Right. Me. And we're going to talk a little bit about that because this is uh, they kind of grow in, in a little bit different ways. Funny thing, if you are in um, like kind of broadleaf trees, tend to develop those big fluted bases with those buttresses. Yeah. And conifers tend not to do that as much. So in your experience, if you go to a a giant old grove of trees in the Pacific Northwest here, it's probably going to have true firs, conifers of some kind, your Douglas fir, hemlock, that kind of thing. Yeah. And other than maybe a Sika spruce, they're all going to be very much like poles that go straight into the ground and then have like a little flare at the base. Like compared to the size of the tree, the flares like you're gonna miss it. It's gonna look like it's almost going straight down. I've just looked up the yellow caribbean. These buttresses, yeah, they're not just flying; they're teleporting. They are out of this world. Can I can I describe something really gross that they remind me of? Oh yeah, please. So if I stretch my neck, oh yeah, and like put and like stick <laughs> out my jugular, like your tendons, yeah. you know, in your neck, like show up, yeah. I know it's, exactly what you mean. It looks it looks like a big strained neck. Oh, that's that's so like like sci-fi creepy the way I've imagined <laughs> this, like some long head with like these yeah. buttressing like tendons popping out from the shoulders. So, where does this tree grow? We started already about that. It grows on the east coast of Australia in the fabulous tropical or subtropical forests in kind of southern uh, Queensland and northern New South Wales where Australia kind of has this bump on the the east coast. They kind of take that bump and live all throughout there from kind of like medium elevations to about 1,200 meters or so. Hmm. And this is a tree that is a late succession tree. And this as a late succession tree does late succession tree things. Again, we'll talk about this later, but because of that, you're usually going to find forests where they are the dominant tree, especially if this forest has had enough time to live so that this tree could grow up, take dominance, and then be dominant for a long time. Yeah. Now, with that dominance comes its size. It can get up to 55 meters for those of you in Australia. Whoa. For those of you not in Australia, uh, it's also 55 meters for you, specifically in the United <laughs> States. That's 
880 feet tall. Eight 880 feet, feet huh? 880 <laughs> feet tall. Wow. It is uh, 180 feet tall, eight feet in diameter. I, I put those right next to each other like an idiot. So when I say it out loud, it, <laughs> my brain crashes. Well, of course, I jumped on it because that's what I do. It's a good move. You got to jump on it when you get it. When you that's see annoying. it, you got to get it. <laughs> Uh, so, but that would be about 2.5 meters or so, um, everywhere else in the world. That is very big, Casey. It's a big tree, Alex. What are we talking, what is a, what is the average, just for, for my own kind of context? Yeah. What's, what's your averagely big Douglas fir reach? Ooh, so if you're, if you find like one that's maybe 200 years old, maybe mm-hmm. 150 and it's like growing in a park or something like that. Yeah. Three to four feet is, is pretty good size. Now, if you go to the forest... Height, that, Casey. Oh, height. I'm sorry. Oh, excuse me. Uh, height for a Douglas fir, they can get up to like 325 feet. Oh. Like, they can get really huge. All right. Um, but generally, you're going to find them... Uh, 150 to 250 feet would be a very reasonable size for any any given Douglas fir who's had enough time to kind of just kick it for a while. Okay, is this a big tree among Australian trees then? Um, yeah, but this is also, if this was growing in the eastern United States, it would probably be one of the tallest trees there. Okay. So just like the tulip poplar or the um, eastern white pine Mm -hmm. those trees also can top out almost about that 200 foot range so this would be an emergent giant tree anywhere on the planet except for the pacific northwest gotcha yeah i think also in australia of course there they have some species of eucalyptus that can grow way past 250 feet so this is this is a a tree that is a giant among among well it's it's a big tree among giants. You know, like you walk around, you see someone who's like really tall and you're like, whoa, you're pretty tall. Then you see like a professional center for basketball team and right. you're like, no, 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 you are emergently tall. <laughs> emergently tall. Yes. I think this tree would be a of quite above average height. Like a 6'5". Yeah, like a 6'5", but not quite a 7 foot. Yeah. Exactly. Got it. So um, it's a subtropical tree. They are, um, they're beautiful and they're unique in that their buttresses that we're talking about are actually convex when they come out yes. of the stem rather than concave. So instead of like coming down and then like having an arc that goes down and out, uh-huh. they actually kind of come out and then bump out and then kind of go straight down. And if you see pictures, because I it took me a while to kind of imagine this. I was like, really? But then when you look at it, they do kind of come out and then kind of go back down before going out. So they have more of a convex appearance. Uh, imagine it is like the outside of a circle or an arc. Yeah. Uh, the other thing about this tree is that its crown grows almost entirely upright. I was trying to imagine, and you actually have some some drying flowers right across from where I'm sitting. Yes. And that is a really good analogous for what this tree looks like if you just flip them up. So it grows mm. as if everything grows straight up, yeah. but it doesn't grow straight up if there's something else that's from the own tree that's above it. So it kind of always grows out and up. Hmm, okay. So if you see a picture of the canopy, it's like everything goes up, but goes out and then up. So like the very center is going straight up. The things on the sides go kind of out and then straight up. And the things just below that grow out and out and then up. So it kind of has this very much like like something that is like a rag doll. I think of a a fake Christmas tree. My grandma has one of these. Mm. When you set the fake Christmas tree out, all the branches kind of go and fall out. 
if you flip it upside down, yeah. they all fold into themselves right. and then become kind of way more streamlined. Let's talk about the bark, Casey. So the bark is gray. It's like a nice gray, and it always just reminds me of like a, a kind of a standard... I shouldn't say standard, but it feels standard mm. for tropical, subtropical trees. They tend to have smooth bark because a lot of vines like to grow on them. Oh. So if there is a really thick barked tree with like a furrows like Douglas fir, vines will just cover the tree. Wow, that makes sense. So a lot of trees have developed very smooth bark. So nothing can quite get a toehold unless they actively like snag onto the tree. That's just wild. That's just wild. But this tree has that kind of bark. Usually it gets like a bunch of moss or uh, lichen that kind of models it and adds texture and color to it. Mm -hmm. But you'll have other vines that maybe grow up or growing down from the canopy or adjacent trees. But for the most part, you'll see this very nice kind of gray but mottled bark growing up. The other thing is that it's a very muscly looking tree. Like yeah. it, it's like sinuous. You have all these like long kind of straps of what look like muscle. Um, if you're in the eastern United States, the muscle wood, uh, Carpinus caroliniana, or over in Europe, the European hornbeam also develops this really like sinuous, muscly looking bark and trunk. It's really, it's quite just like, man, you're... You look strong, you know? You, you know, Case, I think before I've, I've used the analogy of like, uh, a tree will look maybe like Don Redwood. I said this about yeah. that the trunk looks like a bag of snakes. Oh yes, you did. That's right. That's I love. That's true. This is absolutely that. a bag of snake trees, is, but it's would, a tight bag of snakes. Like those snakes are put in there <laughs> orderly. They're not just. It's not just mismatched. They're not. They're they're not climbing. There's not room for movement. Right. Yeah. I will say the roots that come out from yeah. the the bottom of the base uh-huh. and kind of snake out. Yeah. Yeah. Look like pythons they do yeah like the shape of them they kind of do they kind of have a serpentine growth Mm, pattern where they're kind of snaking back and forth oh could you imagine that i i want to say this is something this is something to do with evolution it's a snake tree that i know we're joking but come on yeah this you you know the snake that makes its tail look like a tarantula so that a bird will try to eat it and grab it that's terrifying this is the tree that makes its roots look like snakes just to freak people out so that (laughs) so that you know what no one has done a study on that so we, we can't quite tell why it did it but we know it did it for some reason yes I think that's a that's an exact right example. So this is a, a tree that is made of snakes, is what we're saying. Yes. Yeah. So as you follow these snakes up to the upper canopy, you go down to the very tip of the twigs. You're of course going to find the leaves, the gorgeous leaves. They're alternate. They're glossy. They're a yellowish green to a dark green. They have they're kind of an ovate to lanceolate shape. These leaves have great margins. They do, right? They're, they're the, those sort of like ruffled. Yeah. Like gently ruffled, like southern lace kind of exactly. margins. Yeah. There's another species that's actually very much more directly wavy where its margins are crenulated, mm. which means they just look like kind of little semicircles along yeah. it. This one, they're at least a little bit pointed, uh, kind of moving away down the leaf blade. Yeah. But they're not, they're not scary. They're not, they're not, they're no holly. You know what I mean? <laughs> Nothing's a holly. Nothing man. is a holly. But because they grow so upright, that whole form, the leaves kind of spiral around and grow kind of at the end of these twigs. They're, of course, evergreen because they're growing in this tropical forest. And they just, like, 
are just gorgeous. Like it, it, it's kind of a tree that you, it has a beach appeal to me. And I mean, this like the, the B E E C H. Interesting. Explain why you feel this way. Well, it's got this smooth bark. The leaves are superficially similar. Mm -hmm. They are, it grows up and it has this like nice open crown. That's very big. And all the leaves kind of are, are layered down into it a little bit. And they're all upwards facing. Like Mm. it just has like a beach has this, really regal appearance to it and i just kind of think this tree has a bit of a regal appearance to it casey yeah this is a tropical beach it's a tropical beach oh but we can't we have to be careful there is also other other beaches that are not beaches that they call beaches down there they call them southern beaches but this is all right i see but you're saying this is a tropical beach this is the tropical beach of of not beach trees yeah. Okay, fine. I'm with it. Why I'm was that it. so strenuous? Because there's the, the, the other trees, you know? There's, it's, it, <laughs> someone else could say, but, but what about the tropical beaches, you know? Oh, uh, okay. Sorry, Alex. Fine. I thought I'd stumbled upon an uh, episode title. Oh, I think you can. Well, Alex, well, let's move on. We have uh, flowers, of Flower, course. Flower, yes. I like these flowers a lot. They are, they're interesting in that they don't have any petals. They only have sepals, which I thought was very curious. That is interesting. Yes. Now, for those of you who are curious. Petalous. It's a petalous tree. It has decided I don't need the petals. The sepals do the work for it. Wow. And the sepals are the bit that kind of, uh, they're, they're almost like the bud scales that cover the, the outside of a bud. Mm-hmm. Sepals do the same thing where they cover the flower when it's in a bud form and then they open up and then the petals are inside that. So, you know, if you flip an apple over, the the bottom of the apple has those little flanges. Right. Those are the sepals of the flower that initially produced the apple fruit. Okay. So they are, they cover the the flower bud. The sepals cover the flower bud. Correct. Okay. So, Casey. Yes. This flower has no petals. Correct. But it does have sepals. Correct. Correct. Which act as sort of quasi petals? Yeah, they are. They're white, and so they they're kind of white, a little bit fleshy, and they will make it look. They do the same thing. They're just essentially modified to do the same job uh, that the petals would do. I understand. There you go. This is like when you get takeout. Yeah. With and and one person wants to eat on plates. Okay. And another person just w- was fine eating out of the box. Yeah, they're like, just why? Why do we need that? Yeah, yeah. The box is the plate. Right. Exactly. Does this affect pollination at all? It's it's no. normal. Yeah. yeah. Everything uh, everything continues to go, and it attracts uh, all the little. Uh, I believe it is um, insect pollinated, so it uh, it it seems to do everything that it needs to do. Groovy. Good for it. Yeah, exactly. So it's fine. Although it does have, uh, it, it maintains its like kind of uh, rough demeanor with its its uh, the fruit. The fruit is a little spiky mm. capsule. It looks a lot like, in fact, a beech nut, Alex. Yes. Looks very similar. Fascinating. Beech nuts have like, uh, I think, three to four little chambers. This one only has two. It opens up and then it shows off this very bright red um, seed, which is in fact... Uh, a seed covered with an aural. I fucking knew it. You did, yes. Alex. Oh my God, good work. I think because it looks like nutmeg. It kind of does, yeah. But then like, I, I thought of the magnolia. Magnolias have also red fruit or red seeds That's like right. that. But it's just a seed coating. It's not an aural. 
Wait, uh, nutmeg is is an R, right? Yes, yeah, correct. Okay, yeah, yeah. It yeah. looks like that weird, like kind of growth on the outside. Yes, and a yeah. U is an R. Uh, yes, precisely. Okay, yeah. So yeah. this has another R. The wow. seeds are technically black with this R that's covered on the outside, which is used for the same reason all the other arrows are to get other little animals to come over there and eat it. Though I'm pretty sure it has like almost no value. I don't know how thick it is, but I don't think it's very thick. It's it's just attractive. Exactly, okay. just attractive gets things to come and hang out, and then there you go. Interesting. Now, for our last bit of information, we're going to add to the eights. 180 feet tall, 8 feet diameter, uh-huh. 800 years old. Damn. That is a long life. Wow. Uh, over here, for example, uh-huh. uh, an 800-year-old Douglas fir, one of the oldest Douglas firs you could ever even imagine. Like, usually, they're like four to six and this is like your average yellow carabine 800. Ooh, I don't think I should say, I don't think okay. we can say average because okay. a lot of these have been cut down. A lot of these forests have come and gone. But a long-lived carabine. Exactly. Can live that long. That's incredible. Isn't that wild? That is wild. And that, of course, speaks to why this tree is the tree that it is. It is a shade-tolerant, slow-growing tree that dominates at the climax level in this succession Hmm. that is it it, it fits all those perfect traits so if you look at the eastern united states you look at for succession going on almost anywhere else in the world and before anyone comes crazy at us for succession in every place is very unique to the cast of characters and climate that are in that space. Interesting. So the, but there are like these broad categories that in oftentimes we can kind of make comparisons. So the European beech tree, uh, the fir trees and uh, hemlocks, the American beech tree and the yellow carabine, all these like very shade tolerant trees that grow very slow. Mm. Now to reiterate, shade tolerant means <laughs> you can grow in dark shady conditions and you're right. tolerant of that. You tolerate shade well. Yes. Which means you grow in, you can grow in shade. If precisely. Okay. Yeah. Now there's I different always, levels. Right? I always mix this up. You know, I think maybe exactly. that's why you clarify. I wanted to make sure. <laughs> I see. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm starting to understand it. Yeah. Once your brain um, kind of makes that flip, you're like, okay, I can get this. I can get this done. You know, this, there's a, there's an audio uh, thing I equate this to, yeah. which is high pass filter and low pass filter. Oh, and they're okay. filters in like an EQ, a high pass filter cuts off the low end. Oh, lets God. the high end pass through. That's exactly. It. A low pass lets the low pass through and yes. cuts off the high end. Now, but every time perfect. I think of it, I hear low pass and I think low end. Yeah. But it's the opposite. Exactly. Uh, the same thing with white and brown rot is that they actually are the, the like a certain kind of thing is decaying the opposite thing, which leaves this. Oh, it's, wow. it's another It's another kind of similar thing with that. Yeah, I just have to like stop and think about it every time I say it. Yeah, exactly what you mean. So the converse, of course, is shade Intolerant yeah. means you grow in the sun right. and you cannot grow in the depths of a forest. So these early six, let's, let's kind of like set the stage for late succession oh, a little bit. I'm so glad you asked. Quick recap on early and mid. Okay. Early succession, shrubs, herbs, flowers. Yes. Uh, shade intolerant stuff. Correct. These are the plants that uh, usually come into a newly disturbed area yeah. or a place that is new, period. So like lava beds are a great example or where a, a glacier ice cap recedes and leaves like unspoiled space, land that needs something to then move on. Right. So that that's your early succession. Mid-succession, yep. 
what we say when the first real real trees and quotes come in. Yeah. We're talking the red alders one. Yep. Uh, the uh, what do we talk about for early succession? Staghorn sumac. Yeah. So the yeah, red yeah. alders are going to outcompete those early successions. Yeah. Stuff. Exactly. These are the bigger trees, right? Yeah. These, uh, the way I describe it is um, the the first ones they live fast and die young. They're just like mm. yeah, let's go get it. And then as soon as conditions become a little bit adverse, they're like nah, and they leave or they just die wherever they're at. Okay. But then the bigger, the tougher comes in, and I imagine like a small business that's like, hey, great, we're gonna we're, we're doing a great job, and then like the corporate business folks come in and they're like hey you were doing a great job selling all your stuff but now we're here mm. and we're gonna take this brand new open market and just crush it because there's no one else to compete with yeah. them the home depots out competing the local hardware stores kind of thing right that is the mid-succession okay where they are coming in and they are they <laughs> out compete everything and they're way bigger and they grow and start to change the conditions in a very much more significant way and while those are changing the conditions the conditions are set uh, exactly for our late succession plants yes your big big old old trees yes that will one day compose an old growth forest precisely ideally so, ideally this is this is the the weird thing about um the kind of idea of ecological succession mm -hmm. is that it is a it's a it's a process where every forest is constantly in flux. It just moves at such a slow rate where it's like we're looking at it and it's not changing. Next year, it didn't really change that much. Right. But if you look at it over the course of many years, decades, centuries, it changes vastly and it goes in a very linear way for a long time. This first the early, then the mid succession. Then when it gets to late succession, that linearness starts to just spiral back on itself and then you just get it kind of doing a, a self-repeating oh. pattern i've got a great analogy for that i feel like we're really analogy heavy this episode <laughs> yeah but it feels really good i find that like it, it really helps me understand these things i 100 percent okay. agree with it being a super good means of of uh education yeah i hope it i hope it helps other people to to look at a new concept yeah in a familiar way. Exactly. What a good description. I feel like it really helps yeah. me. So I like this idea of the these early and mid kind of get the, get the party started. Yeah. And then the party takes over and starts running itself. Yes. Right? I'm, yeah. I'm imagining like uh, starting an engine. Uh-huh. Like ripping like a lawnmower engine. I'm, I'm th like yeah. ripping the cord. Right. Uh -huh, uh -huh. The early succession, you bring the lawnmower out of the out of the. Uh, yeah, you you add your garage. gasoline. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You add your oil. You, you set prime the blade it. height. Yeah, 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 right? yeah. Mid succession, you're ripping that cord. Things start going. Yep. All that you can of a sudden, hear it moving. Yeah. Like oh, the engine, the machine is getting ready. Yeah. Late succession, that engine is just running and it will run as long as it needs Ex to. That's I think that is that's extremely workable. That that gets us exactly <laughs> there. Hey, that's what I shoot for, Case. <laughs> extremely workable. Yes, you're I think that is that's the perfect idea. And I was struggling to come up with anything other than a visual representation of like a, a graph starting it at the left side, the very bottom, uh -huh. and then going up and then at some point just circling around on itself. Yeah. But it sucks as a graph. It's just more of a um it's more of a, a complex system that then starts to be self-perpetuating. Uh, and that we'll talk about once we get to it, because I wanted to kind of describe why is there not just many multiple successions, you know? 
why isn't there say say that in a different way well so you would think so we have early mid and late and so that's just the terms we use we could say stage one stage two stage three uh-huh so then the question would be well why isn't there stage four five six seven eight see. so why doesn't it continue to change into a different thing maybe it's just different you know you have yeah. certain species that come and go but why doesn't it also do a cyclical thing like go from stage one to two to three to stage one just two to three and just is that the cycle and it's like mm, that's the cycle at the macro level yeah but once it gets to a certain point in that cycle, it just stays in that section and it doesn't go back. If you have a time-lapse video of a forest yeah. that was taken over 2,000 years, uh-huh. let's say, okay, you're going to scrub through this video yeah, and you're going to see a, a distinct change mm-hmm. from nothingness to a bunch of shrubs to a bunch of small trees. Yeah. And then it's going to, the, there's going to be a bunch of big trees. Yeah. And then it's just for the, the last three quarters of the video, uh-huh. it looks about the same. Exactly. The same trees, the same structure, composition, yeah. these kinds of things. So and why I, doesn't it keep changing? Yes. That's what we're going to get into. Wow. That's so, a really interesting proposal. Isn't it curious, Alex? I'm uh. glad you think so. So here, here's the thing. That, he hasn't missed a beat, folks. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. I actually, I really had a fun time writing this kind of narrative uh, yeah. when I was doing this because I was saying it out loud to myself and like thinking about it and going back and forth and then answering all my own questions. So <laughs> I felt really good. I was, I was like, okay, I hope that I hope people like this. Hell it's yeah. Be good. So um, the big thing is you have uh, you have this this first onrush of trees right in the early succession you got nothing there it is the the first things that everyone's like whoa good green I can grow in these really rough conditions right then you get the mid succession forest it often becomes way more dense where everything grows up and starts to just take all the light mm. that resource is now gone okay. you see this a lot with. Um, plantation forests here in the pacific northwest Mm. where you you walk in you're like oh i think this is a forest and you get in and all the trees are fairly small they're very close together everything's very dense and very dark you look on the ground and there's like nothing Mm. it's very homogenous you have one species of tree maybe there's a fern here or there but the rest of it's kind of just duff maybe some moss because it's really dark there's just not any light okay so uh this is kind of how it happens for a long, long time. Now, when you're managing a forest, they keep it in this mid-succession, but what they do is they start cutting out some of the trees and thinning it. Once they thin it, all the other trees are like, oh, I got a little bit more room. Then they grow out and they grow up. Then once they do uh, what's called um, closed canopy again, where all the canopies then come and close up and take all the gaps of light, then they come in and do another thinning. And that is pushing these stages of kind of mid-succession transitions uh, as quickly as possible. Okay. Now, if we just left things to be natural, fire comes through, kills everything, your shrubs layers, your herbs, they all come in, they love the light. Now you get some alders, some willows, some bigger trees, some medium trees, they start coming in, they close out all the light, everything starts to leave, everything becomes really dark and dense. Then over time, you slowly get these big, tall trees that have closed the entire canopy, they start to die, Mm. slowly but surely. 
they will have one tree then fall over and die. Let's say there are, uh, you know, a big, huge, dense acreage. You can't see anything. One tree is just like, and then finally just can't make it. It ends up kicking the bucket like we talked about in our Patreon episode. It just cannot get enough light to support itself. Yeah. So that tree dies. This happens in pinprick here, pinprick there, pinprick over there. And you're just kind of, uh, if you're watching this like a video game on top, like you know the old game uh, uh, Minesweeper. Mm-hmm. Imagine a big grid like that. Okay. And then all these trees are growing up. Then every now and then you'll be like, whoop, that one's red. That tree died. And whoop, um, that one died. Sure. But then the tree or the, the, the squares next to it kind of grow into that space and they get themselves a little bit bigger. So now it's kind of becoming a a weird blob-looking kind of thing. Okay. So that happens over time until these blobs get bigger. Those bigger blobs are the trees that survive, Mm. are better able to use all those resources and get physically larger. Right. So two things are happening here. One, you have now these these dead trees that are standing, and when they die, when they fall over, you start to count the living trees, and the density starts to go down. You have bigger trees spaced further apart. Because they're Mm. bigger and spaced further apart, light starts to come down into the ground. Oh. Yeah. Something's happening. I can feel it in the air. <laughs> so this is, uh, now if we're doing this management, they, they don't let it get to this phase. They want to keep it as dense as possible to make the trees continue to grow up and big. And then once they get to a certain size, then they basically say they're growing. Uh, it's this weird like intersection of time and how fast the trees are putting on diameter. Yeah. When those two things cross, then that's like, boom, cut the trees right there. Oh, it's like profit and loss. Like as soon as yeah. it's not worth it anymore. Exactly. Essentially, the trees stop growing. Uh, it's not that they stop growing, but they stop increasing their rate of growth. Where you get this, uh, it's it's a it's a quadratic equation here. Oh wow! Where when the line is flat on the graph, the tree's still growing, I but see. it's actually. Uh, it's you're measuring the uh, the acceleration of their growth. So as that grass graph is flat, they're no longer accelerating. When the grass goes down, they're still growing. They're just growing slower. They would cut the trees before they start growing slower. They cut them when they're growing as quickly as they can. I got you. Then maximize profit. Can I can I tell you what this reminds me of, Casey? Please. There's this hilarious graph of the budget and profit. Okay. Of each lethal weapon movie. <laughs> okay. So the first one is like the budget's really small. The profit bar is way high. Yeah. The second one, the budget's a little higher and the, the profit bar is a little lower. Uh-huh. And then the for the rest of them, the budget stays the same and the profit gets lower and lower. Oh. And then like no. on the what, I don't know, fifth or sixth one. Yeah. It's they're at the same place and then the series ends. And that's what it is. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, that's totally it. That is that is exactly the, the metric. But they're like, yep, well, we've made even. So yes. we, we haven't lost anything. Yeah. Perfect example. Funny. Another great metaphor. <laughs> I guess not a metaphor. This is an analogy. This is an analogy. Yes. So, uh, back to the forest though. Yes. Um, as these trees die, like we said, these new resources become available. The, the big resources we're dealing with here, light, water, physical space, mm-hmm. and we are dealing with creating new niches. 
Now, to put mm-hmm. us into our timeline again, where are we at? We're still in mid-succession in our discussion here. Okay. Where these are the, the new trees. I'm imagining in my brain right now a Douglas fir, for example, mm-hmm. where they come in after some alders are, are cruising around or you have a bunch of alders that are growing. And underneath the alders, um, they grow and there's really dense forest. Maybe some of these Douglas firs start to come up, but oftentimes you're going to have red cedar. If you're in the tropical forest, then we're dealing with yellow caribou. Uh-huh. Over there, there's a million other different um, subtropical trees that grow in. Uh, there's one I believe is called the tuna. There's some eucalyptus trees, one called the red cedar. Um, a, a couple others that one of our... Um, tuna? Tuna, yeah, T-O-O-N-A. Ah, okay. Yeah, I, I, I thought the same thing when they said it. <laughs> but these are the trees that come in after disturbances, you okay. know, often, where they are, uh, you know, a fire comes through, logging comes through, you name it, a windstorm. These trees come in, they're like, whoop, and they take over. Mm. Oftentimes, there's like ferns, there's a lot of monocots that grow in this area, and kind of smaller plants, shrubby things. Trees that aren't going to get up there and have stain power. Those are the trees we're talking about. Wherever you're at, if you're in the southeast United States, it's pine trees. If you are over here, it could be uh, Douglas fir, sometimes Sika spruce, and all the time alder, sometimes mm-hmm. maple, these kinds of things. So those are the things that we're dealing with. And what happens is trees die. Maybe a big chunk breaks off and the tree's now, you know, not near as tall. So a bunch of light comes in. All these trees start dying and you get a, you get a really intense increase in complexity. So you have bigger trees getting bigger. They've outlasted the competition and they're slowly but surely just maximizing their size. They also have branches break up at the top canopy. They have tops rip off. Um, Some trees will completely fall over and instead of having kind of this flat expanse of a forest, you start to get a forest with a giant log on it. It starts to decay. Exactly. You get a nurse log. You get a nurse log that maybe has more shade on the north side of it than on the south side of it. Blah, blah, blah. You end up getting all these different things. A lot of the older trees start to get hollows and decay pockets, broken limbs, battered Mm. stems. You get huge parts that just fall out of the canopy because of a windstorm, things like this. So you start to get this really complex kind of development. And what's happening is underneath in this complex space that's developing, you get new herbs growing in. You get mosses, you get ferns, you get things that are like, I'm crushing it in this low light. And you get the yellow carabine. Yellow carabine has a little bird that drops its little aural-covered seed. That seed pops up and it starts to grow and it's like, this is perfect. It takes its time, Alex. It grows very slowly. It makes Mm. friends with all the locals around. It shakes hands. It just is in no rush. Yeah. Pops up foot by foot. It knows it's going to be there for a while. Exactly. Foot by foot. Then all of a sudden, the tree that's growing next to it, that big like, I'm up here, I'm doing it. That tree gets bashed by a windstorm, struck by lightning. Mm. A a sawyer comes and cuts it in half. Something happens. Sawyer. Uh, It's one who cuts a tree, like a lawyer's one who does law. Wow. Yeah, if you use a saw, you're a sawyer. That's incredible. Yeah, there you go. Uh, They come over, tree dies. That yellow carabine now has been living underneath this dark, dense shade as the whole canopy and all these different resources come and go and niches come. Now you get another yellow carabine over there. You get another one over there. You get another one over there. Ever so gently with the patience of a rock sitting at the bottom of the ocean, this yellow carabine will slowly wait until something falls and it gets a new opportunity. And then it just says, 
let's put a little gas into this. Ooh. And it starts shooting up a little bit quicker because now, because this tree's dead, it's got more water available right. to it. These resources. It's got more sunlight. It's got all those resources more out. More space. Exactly. Maybe it's been 100 years already. This tree is now just crushing it. And it's just very, very slowly moving up. It is making friends with all the fungus. So the fungus has also been here developing, decaying all these organisms. All these vast things happen, and you get these late successional trees that are, again, as we noted earlier, very slow-growing, shade-tolerant, mm-hmm. and they live a long-ass time. And they do all those things because you have to have that perfect combination of traits in order to outlast the competition because you're not trying to be faster. You're not trying to be stronger. You're just waiting until they die. And then you take over. Wow. Isn't that great? Talk about succession, huh? Exactly. Now, here's the thing. Let's fast forward 200 years. Now, all the young bucks have keeled over or they've taken their, there's the one tree that is like, I've been here for 300 years. (laughs) I'm going to live. And it has, it's maintained. It's had all the right things happen. The yellow carabine's like, yeah, bro, whatever. I mean, you're cool. Anyone can be here, but I'm just definitely going to be here. Yeah. That all these old trees are just chilling. The the thing is, when you look at the complexity, when you look at that the the system that the is now developed, it looks exactly like the same conditions that were perfect for the yellow carabine to begin with. Aha. Uh-huh. You see what happened there? Yeah. So you have these new trees uh, to grow up. These new uh, late succession trees grow up as the old ones die. Uh-huh. But as they're growing up, they're growing up in this already very complex system. So they're growing with very big distances between them because where one tree dies, then they say, oh, I'm going to take that spot. And then they take that position. So once you get this 200, 300 years worth of turnover, then the new forest looks substantially the same right. as the the beginnings of that transition from the mid to the late succession. So what do those conditions foster? Another yellow carabine. See, this is old money. Exactly, Alex. Setting up generations of generations. dynastic success. That's exactly it. And that is when that graph, that that arc, goes from being a linear thing from stage A to B to C. Mm-hmm. Now, stage C is basically setting the stage for stage C. It can't go back to stage one because there's no light. Light's needed for stage one. Can't go back to stage two because stage two comes after stage one. So it can't go to anything else because the trees that make it happen are already there. Everything is already in place for that stability to just create the the same complex system to just self-perpetuate and self-organize in perpetuity until the next disturbance comes through. That resets the clock, resets the entire successional period, and now you get the Amazon starts again, where you say, (laughs) oh man, this old forest was perfect for, uh, what, Sears? And then you get this new thing that comes in, and boom, you got this new kind of succession where the old die and then the new ones come. So in this case, uh, the business kind of uh, our metaphor for business may not last very long here. See, you want to be you want to be Amazon in this scenario because then you can be mid and late succession because you just start yes. selling books to students, right? And Douglas fir often does that. Mm. They that's like the one species that I can think of right off the top of my head that 
will consistently be a mid-succession species and last way, wow. way into the late succession. When it would be a 600-year-old tree, yet you'd have 300-year-old hemlock growing right next to it. Right. So the hemlock, that is shade tolerant, grows in the understory and waits until there's big opening. But the Douglas fir just won't fucking die. It'll just sit there and be like, hey, hey, hey I'm still here. What's up? Mm. And, and be like young and easy. It's, it's really fun. Fascinating case. Yes. So the last thing is that the uh, the diversity and the stability, I think, is the defining characteristic of what a late succession thing is, where it's not changing from one thing to another. It is self-perpetuating. Right. And it's the final form of the forest, which is why we often call it a climax forest. Is it a climax, though? Doesn't a climax insinuate like an epilogue, like a y- come down? Yeah. Honestly, I think that's a good point. It's kind of a... Um, I think it's kind of a bad term, maybe, yeah. because it, it insinuates an end, right? Right. Where this is, it's the end of this this kind of, uh, this this stage kind of drama that we're doing. It's mm-hmm. the end of the third act. But the third act itself is self-perpetuating. So right. if it is a climax, then it's just, you know, the fat lady just keeps on singing, you know? <laughs> there's there's no end to this uh, to this song. It's like uh, Act 3, Scene 5 just goes on forever. Uh, yes, exactly. And they keep doing the same lines. Until, like, Wait, yeah. didn't they just... Didn't we just see this Didn't part? Didn't we just do it? I don't know, but it's flowing so perfectly that I'm going to keep <laughs> listening until all the actors get struck by lightning. Sure. Some fire comes through and There's burns the stage down. There's a flood in the theater. Exactly. Then we have to start the whole thing again. Until they get inglorious bastard, it dies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, yeah. We, until Quentin gets his hands on it, it's all going to be the same. Yeah, so, and then this is the this is the thing. So the, the, the one last bit that I wanted to kind of discuss here mm-hmm. is the idea of a an old growth forest versus a uh, a late succession forest, where they're kind of uh, an analogous to a square and a rectangle. Okay. A, oh, right. A rectangle or a square is a rectangle, but a rectangle is not necessarily a square. So late succession forests can be old growth forests. Correct. But all old growth forests are late succession forests. Yes. I kind of said that weird. But. I th- Yeah, but I think that, that, that seemed correct to me. Yes. So in, okay. in our analogy, the, the rectangle would be a late succession forest. Yes. The square is an old growth forest. Right. So what do I mean by this? Well, late succession forest is just it can start right at the end of that mid succession and mm. there's no we should also say it's not like okay now right. we're moving it's a it's a big long transition Could it's very hard like to see 100 years yeah it's like when someone says when did you become an adult you know uh. and you're like i i don't know when i was um <laughs> <laughs> Am I? You know, it's like you can never tell. But then when you look back, you can be like, yeah, I, I did make some transition at some point. I don't know when. Yeah. This is a similar thing. Okay. So an old growth forest has uh, a couple different specific things. It has a large overstory, big upper canopy with big trees. It has large 
dead standing trees mm. that are that got to that giant point and then died and are still standing there, but just dead as a doornail. Snags? Exactly. Big, big snags. Okay. They also have an understory of new trees coming up. Mm. And that could be big trees. They could be already two feet in diameter and 150 feet tall, but they're still 100 feet shorter than the tallest tree in their forest and you know maybe eight feet less in diameter. But okay. they're still huge trees. Then you also have large dead stuff on the ground. So you have this these kind of three phases of, of life, uh, rather two phases of life, the young and the really old. You also have the phases of death, which are the really old, something, a part of them is dead and decayed and damaged. And then you have the ones that are way dead standing, way dead on the ground. Right. And then you, of course, have, by that point, all the other forest dynamics will be in place. So that's an old growth forest. A late succession forest may not have those big standing dead trees still. Mm. They'll have big trees that are alive and kicking it and doing great. But it needs just a little bit more time to have the death to really become a dynamic portion of this system. You can become a late late succession forest easily. Right, yeah, exactly. But you have to sort of like put in the hours to become an old growth forest. Yes. They're, okay. they're like the, the emeritus, yeah, you know, yeah. where everyone else, oh yeah, you're a professor. You, you got past adjunct. Great work. Right. But that doesn't put you up here. That's great. Yeah. So that is, that is it. And that is the yellow carabines story. It does this over in these forests. And there's lots of other trees, like we said, across the entire world that mm-hmm. take these niche opportunities but the yellow carabine is just a quintessential example over in these forests where when you find them, they're the dominant tree yeah. because they create the conditions that are perfect for them and they live forever. Just insane. Well, Casey, the yellow carabine may dominate these old growth forests, sure but will it dominate in our review With a high golden cone score, we will find out after the break. We'll be right back with more Completely Arbitrary Succession. back to completely arbitrary late succession that was our discussion of the yellow carabine casey it's time for a review yep here's how it works okay we're gonna give some final thoughts on this tree then give it a rating of zero to ten golden acquisitions of honor in in honor of succession where acquisitions abound we they do they abound and then they they destroy the company. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't say that. Spoilers, everyone. Casey, as our resident expert, we will begin with you. Alex, I appreciate your trusting me with this project. Well, it's really not a big deal. So I, I won't let you down. Somebody get Casey a medal. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Someone give me a medal. That'd be great. I'll take a medal. I want medals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we should do. Let's have let's have our, our arbitrary academy medals. Wow. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, we had an idea that we nixed that was called arbitrary academy. <laughs> wow. We're dropping the heat. Yeah. One day it will happen. It'll just be 
significantly different. When we have like employees. Yes, and a studio with classrooms and uh, we're going to basically become a community college. The scope was grand. I'll give it that. It's beautiful. Okay, the yellow carabine. Mm. When I first discovered this tree, um, I have to admit, I was just like, Late successional trees, because I can come up with plenty to do from uh, our section of the world. Mm -hmm. The thing is, half of them, A, we've already done. Uh, Others were, you know, just fine. And B, I really wanted to find a succession story that was outside of the kind of this normal scope of trees that I am super familiar with. Yeah, you like to challenge yourself. Yeah, I try to. And I I don't always get it right. Like I one thing I couldn't do, like I wanted to look up like you can you can look up the the early, late and mid every successional kind of species that Mm. would grow in a forest in Indiana or Chicago or something like that. Yet, uh, I couldn't really find a good example of like, in the subtropical forests of southeast uh, Queensland, what are the uh. early and mid and late successional trees? I just couldn't do it. And unfortunately, even if I could, it would have taken so long without being there and like talking with somebody. Sure. So inevitably, what we're going to have to do is uh, actually do this. But I'll give a call down to Ian Allen and uh, we'll we'll talk and say, hey, Ian, I actually, I got a good project that I need your help with. (laughs) So uh, we have resources, but unfortunately, we weren't able to use them. So it'll be on the Patreon. Wow. But um, the thing with this tree is that it blew me away. When I first looked it up, I was like, oh my God, yes, this is exactly it. Because I love, I love, Alex, buttressed, fluted basses. I am going to say it right now. I'm going to put together a really fun video of all the butts of Congaree National Park that I saw about this time last year. It is, I just, I, I, I don't know what it is, but I love big buttresses. I'm going to start calling you Sir Sticks a lot. <laughs> oh, please do. So this tree is just like, ah, it's just so, I, I just can't get enough of it. Yeah. Looking at it, I think it's so pretty. I have a special place in my heart for the late successional trees because I dig the, the, the slow, methodical, like, no, no rush. I played all my cards one at a time. Like I'm just, I've, I'm perfectly engineered to just wait it out. Logan Roy is is definitely like a late succession man. Oh my God. He totally is. That's a great example. Like all the other young bucks who are waiting for him to die are literally the next generation, like trying to take over. But some of them seem like early succession. Some of them seem like mid succession. Mm-hmm. He is certainly the old, uh, the old like tree. That's like, I've been doing this. I'm quite patient, even yeah. though I may at any point die. Yeah, he's he's old growth. He's old for growth sure. for sure. So I think for I think for this, I'm going to give this tree solid eight point three. Wow, and very nice. It's just I, honestly eight point three for the buttress alone. Everything else, wow. You know what? It grows on top of the buttress, so I guess it <laughs> it gets to stay there. So yeah, that is eight point three, huh? Yeah, eight point three because okay. a beautiful idea and a beautiful specimen of a tree to present it. Wonderful, eight point three golden cones of honor. For the yellow carabine from Dendrologist. We write Alex as our resident understander of most everything. Oh, wow. What say you? I don't appreciate the sarcasm. I That was not sarcasm. I know. All right. Yellow carabine. Hmm. Walking in here with its 
superlatively buttressed base. Superlatively buttressed. I guess I'm a bit of a search sticks a lot. Um, although I don't, I don't, I don't love big buttresses. I think they're just okay. That's no lie. <laughs> I feel like I'm slam poetry. Yeah, because I don't think any of that rhymed. Nope. <laughs> Uh, I think the Yellow Caribbean's it's it's impressive, certainly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love tropical trees. I love arils, which I what I've always said, but apparently it's arl. But I like to say arl. I think either way is okay. Okay, I like arils. Um, I think they're kind of like a you. Anytime I see an arl, I'm like, hey, arl! It's like an old friend. Like, ah, hey, good to see you here. Yeah, good to see you here. Yeah, covering Many that nut. Faces covering that nut. There goes arl. Covering that nut. <laughs> it's like a journalist. Doesn't Errol seem like it, it's uh, poisonous? But yes, it does It does have, there's like a certain shade of red that seems like uh. Uh, almost sinister. Yeah. Yeah. And this, yeah. this is like, red. Yeah. Right. Like the, the color that they use, um, with sleeping white with like that red apple, you know, like that, that <laughs> Snow always, white Casey. You know, what did I say? Sleeping white. Oh, whoops. Hey, although we just invented a new Disney princess. <laughs> sleeping white. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> um, I like it's sort of so, chestnut beach nutty type thing. Okay. Uh, I like its size. I love a big tree. I love an old tree. This is an old mm, tree. An old tree. I like Australia. Alex. I'm feeling like a 7.5 for 7.5. this. 7.5. That's right down the middle. That's 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 the 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 Michelin star rating of medium. Yes, that's like a that's like a one star. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which right. is still very impressive. Still very impressive. Yes. So 7.5 golden Acquisitions of Honor, which leaves us with an average of 7.9 Golden Acquisitions of Honor, Casey. Hey, that's pretty good, I I have to say. And this is, I mean, I I usually have a hard time, like, giving trees a high score if I've never interacted. I think you do the same thing. yeah. Where you're like, well, I really don't know this tree from Adam, so, eh, whatever. There's, like, an emotional element to all this. Exactly. And I I usually can't do it, but every now and then when I see a tree, I'm just like, man, I just want to get in you. (laughs) That was our review of the Yellow Caribbean. Hey, Casey. Yes, sir. It's time for a game. All right, Alex. I'm excited for this game. I I don't know what it is. You specifically asked that I did not, as you say, scroll down. That's right. Well, Casey, this one, in honor of our last episode of our Succession Mm. series, I am calling the Board of Ferrectors. Here's how it works. You and I, partners at Croson and Clappin Sons, need to assemble... A board. Okay. A board of Ferrectors. We must choose a single tree species to fill every role on this board. Ooh, okay. These roles vary from treasurer, secretary, vice president, and board chair. So, Casey, let's start putting this board of Ferrectors together. Okay, sounds good. First, we need a treasurer. Someone to safeguard the assets of the organization. Mm Mm-hmm. And also maintain control over the receipt and the disbursement of the organization's funds. Oh, okay. So this needs to be. I mean, okay. We what? Are, we're the owners in this situation. We're the yeah. We're yeah, putting okay. the board together. Okay. I don't I know see. who does that in a real company. Yeah. All right. All right. Is I think it the we, employees I think, or something. No, nah, I think we would be the 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 president and CEO, something like that. You yeah, be that the sounds, president. That obviously. sounds right. CEO, yeah, yeah, yeah. either one, I guess. Oh, well, if you maybe wanna. we can be co CEOs. 
I think we have to battle for it, my I friend. I think we do. Get me my axe. The treasurer also oversees the preparation of the annual budget. Ooh. So this is going to be a tree that is very good at budgeting resources. Yes, I was just thinking that. Okay. A budgeting, but also I feel like you got to be, you got to budget, but you got to, you got to know when to give, you know, you got to know when you got to like really like send it out. Sure. Or else you're going to, you know, the funds may not add up or you might lose uh, important people, important constituents of your forest. That's right. You need to know when to tighten the purse strings Mm -hmm. and when to make it rain. Now, I also see that this safeguards the assets of the organization. So I would think that that's also true. It's very decay resistant. It doesn't, you you can't just let anything in anytime. An impressively maybe thick or sturdiest bark. Interesting. A thick and sturdiest bark. Yeah. Sure. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Very sturdiest. Studious, sturdy. Sturdiest. Yeah. Studi. (laughs) Okay. All right. What do you what do we think here, Alex? Well, you're the tree guy. <laughs> you're my co-CEO, Alex. <laughs> All right. So maintains control of the receiving disbursement. Okay, so this so okay, like you said, let's go back through this. So we've yeah. got a tree that is uh generous with funds, uh-huh. but also safeguards them. Doesn't give anything away for free. So this tells me a tree that makes a lot of seeds. Yes. Makes a lot of seeds that things want to eat. Yes. But desirable. Decay resistant. Not going to let you just come in and take whatever uh, whatever happens to be there. Could we be looking at an oak species? I was I was thinking something along that line. Okay, but I was I was actually thinking something like a like a maybe a chestnut. Okay, but because uh, the chestnut's got spiky things around all the fruit, mm-hmm. so it's like safeguarding you, assets. You safeguard the asset, but you know, when the, when you're ready to give the asset out. You pop open and you kind of you release you release it. Who doesn't love a chestnut? Exactly, it's decay resistant. Yes, uh, but it also is. Uh, it, it tends to to grow very slowly over a long period of time. So it's it's a it's a, a tree that's going to be there for a long time. Mm. You know, they grow big, they last a long time. I think I've always wanted a treasurer that used to be very successful mm. and kind of hit hard times. Yeah. And but they're still smart as a whip. Oh, interesting. So we're we're sort of giving them a second chance. Ah, so the American chestnut. Yes. Yeah, you got out competed by the global domination of uh, certain species, but Yeah. We're willing to give you give you a second chance. He's just kind of an old school thinker and that's the way I want uh, somebody to hold my money. There you go. Okay, I think so that's great. Can, yeah. American chestnut. Yeah, American chestnut. Go. All right. Congratulations, you are the new treasurer. Of the board. Castanea Dentata. What a spectacular, what a spectacular move. Incredible. All right. We'll, re- we'll have a press release about that. <laughs> okay. Ooh, okay. This is like, this is like a really, this is like family tree, but way different. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Oh my God. Oh, Casey's, Casey's getting the, <laughs> getting the juice. Yeah, let's do it. Casey, next we need to fill the seat of the secretary. Mm, okay. The okay. secretary safeguards also, but they safeguard the records of the organization. So this is a tree that must keep good notes. Uh They must retain and record the minutes of all board meetings. All of them. Yes. And executive committee meetings. Jeez. And collect and retain the minutes of all other committee meetings. That seems like it's saying the same thing, right? It's just all the meetings. Yes. It's like meetings that even it's not in. Also, it needs to give notice of meetings and distribute minutes and other documents as needed. So this is really a tree that is all about record keeping, like obsessively. Yeah. Right? Interesting. Okay. So right off the bat, 
Yeah, it, it makes me think of the bristlecone pine. Oh, come on now. I mean, it yeah. just it just makes you think because they they are the dendrological things that keep a record. You can go back tens of thousands of years over the records that it's kept or that its buddies have kept and you know died in situ, kept their records. You know, yes, decay resistant. Every single year, they put down a ring and they say, "Here's what happened." Then the next year, here's what happened. Yeah. This is a good year, good growth. This year, I had to fire a lot of people. Unfortunately, recession, small growth. Yeah. Does that. However, uh, there's also other trees that are very big. Uh, for instance, the uh, what the Fitzroya cuprosoides, otherwise known as the Patagonia cypress, which allegedly... Cuprosoides? Yeah. Cupros- what is that? Uh, that means that it has cypress-like uh, leaves. Oh, so yes. Cuprosoides. Wow. Yeah. There what is go. the family or what is the genus? Uh, this is uh, Fitzroya. Fitzroya. Yeah. So you might know it. Uh, you might have seen, uh, I think is actually Tobin Mitnick, uh, Jews Love Trees. I don't know who that is. Uh, he's a, a very obscure internet character. Mm. Don't worry about it. All right. He uh, ended up having a video where uh, he was like stunned because allegedly the Fitzroya actually might be the oldest <sighs> species around. That's right. They're called the uh, uh, Patagonia cypress. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that they're loose. they're trying to take the crown from the bristlecone pine. I think we should. I think we should do uh, a southern uh, expanse and a northern expanse. There we go. I think we need to have two secretaries. Casey, wonderful. Okay. And for our secretaries, we are choosing bristlecone pine. Yep. And. The Fitzroya, otherwise known as the Alerse or the Patagonia Cypress. I hope they make a good team and aren't too competitive, although that would make for good drama. It would, wouldn't it? All right, next, Casey, we have our vice presidential role. Ooh, okay, now this this sounds important, but like not super important? Yeah, I think it's like pretty important. Okay. They will perform the functions delegated to them by the president, Ooh, okay. which is either you or me. We haven't decided. Yeah, okay. yeah. They'll perform the duties of the president when the president is unable to perform them, oh. Casey. So this must be a tree of all trades. That is curious. And it will serve as the chair of at least one committee that is operational in scope. Ooh, operational in scope. It's a doer. Yes. So this must lead another committee. Well, let's think, Alex. You know, right off the top of my head, Norway maple comes to mind. Why is that case? It comes to mind because it's a it's a tree of all of all stripes. Mm. It can grow by itself. Uh, it can grow in a forest. It can be on the street with no help. It can be in a park and be very friendly with everyone. When a tree can't do what it does and it dies. If you plant a Norway maple, Norway maple will take over. It cleans up. Sometimes it forces its way into other operations that it may not be welcomed in. <laughs> but I love. <laughs> I think that's. Uh, I think that speaks to its ambition. Uh, you sounded like like my southern aunt trying not to sound racist. <laughs> Oh God! Okay, yeah, Alex. That's that is what I would say. It's a it's a jack of all trees. Okay, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, what What do you think? Do you have any other like jack of all tree kind of things? I think, um, hmm, yeah. I actually, I I like 
I like your pick, Casey. Yeah. And it's and I also like it because this is a this is an international pick. It is. Right? Yeah. This thing is from Norwe Norwegia. From Norwegia, yeah. <laughs> so it's gonna have a different perspective culturally. It speaks all languages, right? That's right. And it's it's just gonna bring something fresh and new to the table. And because we already have an American chestnut on the team. Exactly. He's so American. So American. It wouldn't kill us to have a Scandinavian in the crew. I think that's true. Now, here's the thing. Committee chair. The uh, the party committee. Oh, because political? Uh, no, not political. Making uh, the part, making part yes, company parties. Exactly. Okay. Uh, specifically, because often the Norway maple, historically, uh, I think I think pretty sure people have used uh, by people I mean uh, Mister the Stradivarius. You know the guy? Oh yes. Yeah, yeah. He used Norway maple to make violins. Oh, yes. Which, back before, uh, you know, rock and roll, the only way we had a really good time was listening to three-hour-long orchestral... Chamber music. Chamber music, In a chamber. Precisely. Uh, And please, no one come at us. That was a joke. I know there was at least one or two artists that came between (laughs) them. Casey, I think Norway... Maple. Yes, the is, Norway maple. Is a great choice. Acer Platinoides. For our vice president and a, pres- a prestigious... Can I tell you something funny about what, what we just talked about? Yes. Uh, music. Please. Before rock and roll. Okay. Um, I'm reading a biography of Mozart. Oh, I've Wolfgang heard Amadeus Mozart. Yeah, that one. Okay, yeah, that's one I was thinking of. And uh, he grew up in like the 1750s, 60s yeah. in Austria. Mm, classic. Um. And they spoke German. Mm-hmm. And uh, the most popular form of... You would usually hear music in one of two places. Yeah. One is church. Uh-huh. And the other is uh, a form of music that would be performed in your salon, in your living room. Okay. Um, like, like almost like a, a house call kind of thing? Like a ha- little house concert. Okay. Like a little house show. Yeah. And that was called house music. Oh, man. H-A-U-S-M-U-S-I-K. Oh, dude, that's so, so good. You could, uh, you, could trick, you could trick a whole bunch of people. Dude, we're having a house show. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. we have a bunch of house music, and yeah. we're like, sick, let's go. They show up in their rave gear. Yeah, they, and just, then we they just, just eat their drugs. They play walk some in. sonatas. <laughs> that would be <laughs> so brilliant, dude. Yeah, I love it. Okay, Casey, All that right. is our vice presidential role. Alex, what is our final committee... <sighs> Uh, appointment that we must choose today. I will say last but most mm. is the board chair. This is the chair of the board. Oh, God. Meaning okay. the leader of okay. the board. I see. Ensuring the integrity and effectiveness of the board's governance role and processes. Okay. They preside over all board meetings, Casey. Okay. Keep everything on rails. They also maintain effective, this is very important, maintain effective relationships with other board members, management, and stakeholders. Oh, gosh. So this really has to be a tree of the people, I think. This one's hard. But also- Not not the people, uh, the tree of the other trees on this list. Yes. Well, I'm calling, I'm I'm saying that it needs to be uh, an affable tree who gets along with everybody else. This is hard. But also isn't afraid to crack the whip. Exactly. Get things moving. Put yes. them in the right, on the right trajectory. But it has to genuinely, it has to have good charisma and yeah. be able to grease palms. I see. I see. Make it good at, good at uh, compromises. Compromises. Keep everybody happy. <sighs> Keep all the relationships good. 
So it can't be a small tree. It's got to be a big tree. No, I mean, of course, like... At least a medium tree. My very first thought is coast redwood or a giant sequoia. Oh, yeah. But that might be a little too on the nose. It might be a little too... And also, I don't know that... I mean, they they will... I don't know if they're necessarily making buddies with everything else. Like, I don't know if they... If a redwood or a sequoia would, like, grease up, you know, other people. Okay. They're kind of in it for themselves. Can I pitch something? Yeah. A big... Western hemlock. A big wet. I, honestly, I had also initially thought of a Western hemlock. It was either Western hemlock, but I also thought about a Western red cedar. Okay. Oh, maybe I am thinking of Western red cedar because I was trying to think of the tree that we covered that will straight up just grow other trees on its big yes. branches. Yeah, That's yeah. the Western red cedar. That is the Western red it cedar. It will often grow hemlocks yes the the famously many of them up in the olympic peninsula have other like two foot diameter trees growing from them western red cedar. exactly it's a western red cedar western red cedar they are they're decay resistant they last a long time Mm -hmm. they don't get they're not the tallest they're not going to get you know higher than everybody else they will get huge and they have staying power Mm -hmm. but they're not they're not gonna they're gonna be like douglas fir you need to shine you shine right i'm gonna be right here it's not gonna get in anybody's way exactly but yeah. it's it's also a powerhouse it's a powerhouse it is a powerhouse and it also like doesn't fall over mm-hmm. like very rarely will you see one fall over they may split in half every now and then but the other half that didn't fall will continue to live they're wild oh okay so i think i think that's it because they 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 they'll help out they'll let other things grow on them they will support those other trees Mm -hmm. as they get bigger they create niches for other animals to live on and other things you know and not only support other trees but a vastly important tree to the indigenous people where this tree grows oh man it's a a tree that takes and gives back exactly oh all right i think that's perfect i think board chair western red cedar western red cedar congratulations you are leading this board wow but don't forget your place but don't forget your place don't worry alex and i will help keep you there you did not get 10 golden cones of honor from either of us (laughs) so just keep that uh in the back of your mind right but this is also sort of like you know now we're even. <laughs> okay, yeah, there you go. Yeah, this is this is the comeuppance when, you know, it's yeah. like you, you, we passed you over for one thing, but right. now we're like, but this is why. Exactly. You get theme parks. <laughs> that's, uh, that'll be our next one. Who gets theme parks? <laughs> it's it's a palm tree. A palm tree is, is going to get the theme parks. Well, everybody, that was the board of Ferrectors. And Casey thus concludes our series on succession i am so happy that we did that alex i've been looking forward to that for months yeah months and months i think uh i think you did a great job casey you 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 spun quite a yarn thanks alex every time you say that it tickles me (laughs) i know how you love spinning yarns i do i love yarns i'm a big yarner (laughs) casey it is time for our completely arbitrary q a let's do it Riyat Shah. Riyat Shah. Hi, Riyat. Uh, a soil question, says mm, okay. Riyat. All right. Do weed barriers under mulch harm the soil? Very good question. I know it's supposed to, quote, breathe. Yeah. But does it cause mold or anything underneath? Also, how do fungal beans survive under there? Fungal beans? Beans. Ah, okay, gotcha. 
if they can't get their genitalia to the open air? Well, that's a good question. It's a bit of a personal question. Can we start with the second question? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to focus. Yes, we can. Um, the So the genitalia is, uh, I love the term for it. That's very fun. It's essentially just the mushroom. The That's fruiting body. Exactly. Okay. So a, a fungus has a fruiting body that is a mushroom. Yes. Often we use those things interchangeably, right, you know? Right. A mushroom is the whole body, but a mushroom itself, the individual little thing, is really just the fruiting apparatus of the rest of the, the whole underground mycelial network. Because fungus, not mushrooms, yeah. fungus is like particle matter right it's like dust and like well no it's all like it's all the mycelial network so it's just like these long things yeah sorry i I, I guess i mean it's like made of like nothing it's like it's like lacy and yeah it just can like live under the soil because it's smaller than the soil exactly and like to them the soil is like a spacious two-bedroom apartment Mm -hmm. you're exactly right so uh the fungus uh Underneath this, uh, the soil thing, and I should say, um, these kinds of fabrics are usually some kind of synthetic kind of, um, often they're oily, come, sometimes they're kind of like a, a synthetic papery tissue that doesn't decompose. What is this now? Um, these are the, the fabrics, these landscape fabrics often that people put down. It's usually like some weird kind of feathery, um, uh, almost like not fleece, but like kind of not nice fleece, I guess. Uh, okay. Like it's, it's a synthetic fabric of some kind. What does it do? It is mainly put down to keep weeds away. That's the whole thing, weed barrier. Oh, so okay. So if you have exposed soil, then things want to grow on that exposed soil. That's yeah. what things do. <laughs> so people, for whatever reason, um, have this idea that they don't want weeds. They want everything to look really nice and to have zero weeds, but they also do not want to put their uh, landscape into a... Uh, a situation where the weeds will not come. So like, I don't want weeds, Mm. but I don't want to do what needs to be done to not have weeds. So they try to find a, a a new technological uh, uh, workaround that Mm. is putting down this synthetic fabric, synthetic because it won't degrade, it won't decompose, but it will cover up the top of the soil so that nothing that is in the soil, if it's already a seed or a, uh, a weed that's underneath there, it will hit the, the landscape fabric and it will not be able to penetrate it and come up through it to then bloom or put up leaves or do whatever. Mm, and not just weeds grow. Anything. Okay. Yeah. Unless it's like a, a shoot of a tree that's big enough and strong enough that it will like push through and kind of like come out the side or something like but that. Like grasses, flowers. Yep. You name it. It's mm. all meant to, to suppress that. And then and, often they'd put uh, bark chips or, I, and I say specifically bark dust, like the kind of stuff that you buy in bags or something. Yeah. It's like that kind of brown, fluffy stuff that you touch and you get immediately sent 10,000 oh, splinters. Yeah, yeah, These yeah. bark chips. That's what they would put on top of it to have this nice top dressing. It's like, oh, that looks so beautiful. So this is purely an aesthetic thing. Purely aesthetic. The this only isn't like time. good for the land. Or... No, it's not. It's really not good for the land. Yeah. The only time it can be used and is kind of reasonable mm-hmm. is if, well, two cases I can think of. One, you want to avoid erosion. You're like, ah, I need something to stay here and cover up the top of this slope so that things don't like the water, you know, coming from the sky through rain doesn't hit the soil and erode it away. Again, it's actually a problem of whatever is causing the erosion and why that's happening in the first place. Mm. This is again just a fix. The other session, uh, or the other situation 
is if you have a path um, and you don't want that path to erode away or you don't want something to grow on that path because it's a path through a forest or something like that. Okay. So you put down this fabric so that nothing grows there. You put dark bark chips or rocks or something over the top. So weed barrier sucks because it creates a false barrier between the two layers of soil so they don't interact anymore and they don't actually move things up and down and it's just a fix-all for a situation that is out of balance to begin with. Mm. And it really is just puts this, uh, this non-decomposing awful fabric in the ground and it stays there forever until three years from now the ground has shifted so much and things have popped up over here and enough soils developed on top of it that it's completely pointless to begin with then you end up wanting to rip it out then it rips over here but then it's stuck to the soil so it kind of rips in half because it's a little bit weathered and you're just like ah i hate this it's stupid it's pointless if you're growing a bunch of weeds then your your garden or your situation is out of balance to begin with. Do something that will put it back into balance. Oh. Here's a great idea. Plant flowers. Plant shrubs. Plant something because a weed's going to be like, well, nothing's here. I'm going to move in. If you plant something there, then that thing is going to be like, I'm here. You can't. And they outcompete it. That's, this, what, that's what it does. This is like, uh, this is like taking painkillers for your back uh yeah for like arthritis like rather than solving the problem rather than like you stop eating bread and that will like lower your inflammation yeah it's like yeah you're 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 masking something you're you're putting a you're you're using a technological fix for a problem that if you go back three things that's actually where its genesis is you know it's a a very it's a very um i don't know it's a very american idea isn't it totally like and especially with the idea of like a perfect landscape yeah like you see the uh what what's the term in landscape the the mo blow and go folks (laughs) they're like they're landscapers they just they come they they mow your your beautiful lawn they they take their trimmers and they go and they keep everything perfectly trimmed they rake out and take all the topsoil every small piece of vegetal matter that is laying there and then they leave you with this perfect (laughs) bare ground so gorgeous and beautiful and dead and then nice grass with your shrubs that are like struggling because you're taking all of the nutrient value away. The soil's already shit. So it just takes a bad situation and covers it up and makes it worse. And you don't actually develop the soil. You don't develop the ecosystem. You don't develop anything and you make it worse for everything. And then, like I said, in three, five years, you're going to take it out. I promise you because things will happen on top of it to make it completely pointless. Mm. So that is that is it. And the genitalia from the fungus can either just push up through or goes to the side and it moves on. Hey, don't they all? Don't they all? Sometimes hey. you just take your genitalia and you just put it to the side. <laughs> Thank you, Riyadh, for your question. If you have a question, join the Patreon at the $3 Quercus Nuller. That's Q&A tier. That is right. Uh, if you want some bonus episodes, two a month, two a month about other related topics and trees, that's five bucks on Patreon, five mm-hmm. bucks a month, and you get a bunch of extra content. You also get fifteen percent off at our store. That's right, off every purchase you ever make while you're subscribed. It's not a one-time coupon. That's right. Uh, above that is our very cherished Cone of the Month Club, our flagship tier. Correct. You can join that for $10 a month, but here's the thing. You get two bonus episodes because you're also a part of that lower tier. That's right. 
you get 15% off the merch store at all times. And you get a monthly illustrated cone sticker sent to your physical, actual mailbox. It's illustrated by an independent artist and printed locally here in Portland, Oregon. A different one every month. You can collect them all while supporting the pod. And of course, above that, as we alluded to earlier, the Arbitrary Plus tier, live streams, two a month. And above that, whew, a very generous admission. Yes. $20 or whatever you want to make it. If you just want to go that extra mile for the pod, every dollar goes back into making this podcast and supporting two starving artists. Hard-working fellers. <laughs> Casey Clapp thus concludes... Thus really concludes our succession, our succession series. That is right. And twister. if anyone else has anything, they just want to say, hey, here's what succession is. Reach out. Find us. Comment. We have a whole new updated website coming down the road. Yeah. We have Patreon where you can get in the conversation. There are places on the internet you can find us. Please let us know about the succession in your area and like what trees you're at. Go out to your forest and take a picture and be like, hey, tag us on Instagram. And be like, look, this is a mid-succession forest Hell in yeah. eastern Illinois. We love it. We love to hear it. Wonderful. And I, I, I can only assume that some of you listening now are new listeners. We've gotten we've gotten a handful of new people from this Succession series case. We're happy to have you. Very happy to have you. Welcome to the crew. You are officially a fungal associate. And with that, we say thank you so much for listening to Completely Arbitrary. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. We'll see you later. Completely Arbitrary is produced by Alex Croson and Casey Clapp. Succession original soundtrack by Nicholas Bertel. To support the podcast, visit patreon.com slash arbitrarypod. And for additional readings, go to arbitrarypod.com. Thanks for listening.